You are listening to uh, 3MDR. This is Earthspin and it's almost a quarter past eight, uh, which means that uh, on the line I have my guest Anya Tyrrell. Uh, welcome to Earthspin, Anya. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, a wonderful album that, uh, that you released in, in 2016. It's, it's called Queen of Swords and I believe that you spent uh, a year uh, out in the desert on a bus uh, recording those uh, tracks in all different sorts of um, places. What was the inspiration for that? Um, well, uh, we spent a year definitely getting the songs ready. We actually only went out to the desert for two weeks to, oh, okay. to, to do it. Um, but, the, you know, I, I had waited a long time to record an album and get myself sort of, you know, confident and happy enough to put myself out there. And um, uh, recording in a kind of, stuffy studio in the middle of a city with no character or soul just really didn't appeal to me um and the thought to record somewhere um you know that's inspirational in itself and and would sort of tend itself to um bringing about more out of me and i'd feel comfortable around was um was definitely the inspiration behind it the desert was my producer's idea um, I had never been to the desert, and he just said, it's an amazing place, we need to go out there. And um, and I'm really happy that he chose that, because it was a really perfect landscape for what we were trying to achieve with the album. I did wonder about that. I mean, your heritage is obviously uh, Irish, but yes. I-, I wondered if you had a connection to nature that kind of led, even though you hadn't been to the desert, it led yes. quite nicely, nicely there anyway. Well, definitely, I've always stayed, I mean, my whole life, we lived on the coast in Ireland. I've always stayed within, you know, um, reaching distance of of the ocean. And and definitely, that's a place that I feel very comfortable and and I connect deeply with. So the desert was really sort of, at first, I had suggested, why don't we do, you know, a kind of a coastal, you know, um, trip to record and, and, um, and so the desert to me was really uh, foreign. Obviously, we have nothing like that in Ireland, and I had never experienced it. Um, but but then being in the desert, like it actually reminded me of Ireland, which is really strange because it's nothing like it. Yeah. But just that sort of um, the small communities that we came across as we were traveling that sort of took us in and said, here, record in our shed out the back or here's a beautiful abandoned open mine you're welcome to it for the time being you know that the, it, it was very much like small communities in in ireland and um yeah it, it it was incredible how much it reminded me of something that was so different one thing thing that struck me when i visited ireland uh quite a few years ago now but was just walking into the pubs and just hearing people just singing in almost yeah. like every pub uh growing up in ireland was was it just music just something that was always there or did your parents kind of uh yeah. help, help you with that how was the tra- I mean, transition my dad is a musician so i grew up with music everywhere and um and thought it was really normal in the house and thought it was completely normal how in Ireland we have music. You know, you can't walk down the street without hearing music coming from somewhere. It's kind of like a constant soundtrack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I first moved to Australia, you know, I didn't even bring a guitar with me and I I didn't even, you know, think um, that, that 
there was music around because like it just seemed so dead everywhere you know and, and then it, it took me a while to find music and you really have to find festivals and and sort of venues that you trust and places that you can go and find music but in Ireland it's just always around you where whereas here you really have to seek it out and once you seek it out and you find it there's amazing music in this country but yeah like you said Ireland you just walk in somewhere and, and all of a sudden there's you know some beautiful music organically happening do you know what I mean yeah I um I I received an an email I I guess uh, from your manager in regards to uh, the fact that you were interested in doing some interviews and it, it was a an interesting email because it it talked about how you wanted to talk about um, domestic violence and and how it had shaped your music and and I guess the starting point for for this story is actually just before you left um, to come to Australia. Did mm. did you want to give us a bit of a background about uh, about your your story, Anya? Yeah, well, um, you know, I I had tried, um, as anyone does, to keep a family together. Um, I had two small children at the time, and was willing to sort of try anything and and wanted to give um, every chance possible to it. And and the idea to move to Australia was sort of a fresh start. Um, and a new chance um, and some healing perhaps from from the domestic violence that had already occurred in the relationship um, and uh, yeah I had all hopes that sort of a new place and and, and that there would be some happiness found here but um, you know same thing occurred it, it didn't take long for it to start happening again over here but then um, for me, it was uh, hard because I was so far away from family and so far away from any support and anything you know. Because you know, like when you're home in, in your home place, you know where to turn to for um, support and you know where to go to and you know what to do. And and I felt um, very isolated over here and, and not in a place where I could sort of easily reach out to the next person or an organization or a place um, of help. So so it lasted longer and longer until I finally, you know, one day just I, I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I, I couldn't keep um, diminishing who I was, I suppose, and, and I couldn't keep um, looking at my kids and knowing that this was our future. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. I I, uh, I I guess the interesting thing for me um, too is that when you released the album, I I, I played quite a bit of the music uh, from the album, and uh, I didn't at that time have any sense that that's perhaps mm. what some of the stories uh, in the album were about. But now that I listen to it again, I, I think it does resonate through the album. Why I guess are you are you doing this new tour? Is it is it important for you to find your own voice again, or or, or are you trying to help others, or where where's it coming from? Well, I think actually uh, a lot of it came from doing interviews like this, and um, people wanting to talk about my music and wanting to talk about my um, why I was living in Australia, or why I was here, or why I had bought a bus and um, taken off and. And I kind of felt like every time I was um, on radio or speaking to people or or even at gigs that that I was sharing part of the story 
but that there was a part of me that I was still not willing to sort of um, to share. And and you know, as an artist, people want to know about you and they're, and they're genuinely interested. And you don't need to give every bit of yourself away, obviously, <laughs> to connect with people. But at the same time, I thought, you know, there's so many thousands and thousands of women and, and men. I'm, I'm, it's not strictly um, a, a women's issue, but um, it, there's so many of us living in silence where you can't actually tell your story, where you have no voice where you have no way of, of um, expressing it. And I am in a unique position of having a platform, however small or large it, it is now or maybe in the future. And I just kind of felt like I couldn't continue to put myself forward and, and um, have the opportunity to say things and speak about things and, and not be honest with um, my story and not in some way... Um, represent that that there is light at the end of the tunnel i didn't I don't want the story to be about the um you know the the dark part of it. it it's actually just more you know you can whatever your circumstances where you've come from there's there's hope and and there's a way to change that darkness into light you know what's the response been like um since you've you've um offered up this new information i guess yeah, it's been incredible. I think, um, I mean, I remember my managers at the time, they were like, okay, well, when the story goes out, we're going to have to be really careful about your social medias and all this sort of stuff. And, and they thought that we'd get, you know, people trolling the internet and all that sort of stuff. And we had nothing, absolutely nothing but positive responses. And I suppose the story wasn't framed. And, and I don't um, consider myself a victim. I consider myself a survivor. So that's the way the story was framed so you know it, it is my story it's what I survived and why I'm doing what I'm doing and um, it's the basis of where I come from in terms of my like um, yeah standing in my own power and truth and I think that's what resonates with people so it didn't end up being a story about you know uh, men versus women or domestic violence is a women's issue or a sort of any of that stuff which you 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 open yourself up to when you put this stuff out publicly you mm, know mm. um it ended up more being a story of standing in, in your power and 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 being willing to tell the truth and um the responses i've found that have been the most amazing have been emails from from men or women saying i've passed your story on to this friend or this sister or this niece of mine who's going through exactly what you're going through and and to me if I had read a story or heard something like that at the time you know it's not something that that you hear about you hear about the 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 deaths and you hear about the um you know the things that make our newspapers but you don't actually hear survivors tales all that often you know yeah um it was interesting that when you were talking about coming to Australia that you mentioned that you hadn't brought your guitar with you. Yeah. What was the situation with your music at that stage? I mean, had you sort of, you were talking about, um, oh, actually I can't quite remember the word you used, but had music sort of been extinguished from your sort of soul mm. at that stage? Is that kind of one of the things that had happened? Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, playing music what I, I had done from a very early age and then um, I had a career in Ireland and, and 
spent a lot of time traveling between Ireland and America playing music. But then, you know, in that sort of relationship, you don't, you can never fully express yourself because every part of yourself is open to, um, to the types of abuse that comes with um, domestic violence. So I suppose I diminished myself and, and hid bits of myself and tried to stay safe in any way that you can, do you know what I mean? And so music was one of the first things that I sort of figured wasn't um, wasn't a safe thing to keep pursuing. But that, you know, I kept throwing my creative outlets because it's still inside of you, and I kept trying to do all sorts of other little creative things along the way, and um, but nothing ever sort of felt right. And, and it's only when I started just quietly playing music at home that I started feeling alive again and I you know you know in yourself what your sort of true calling or your true path or what you should be doing and it resonates in your deepest part of your soul when you're on that path doing it you know and it was resonating quite loudly and and yeah I knew I couldn't ignore it. Mm. One thing that we haven't spoken about is during this um, experience, you have uh, also been a mum to to three young children. Yeah. Um, how is that? Uh, how is that manageable? Like uh, in terms of, of of the experience of domestic violence, but also then getting on the bus and and doing the touring and uh, and playing at such great festivals like Woodford uh, uh, yeah. late last year. Um, well, I suppose the the reason for buying the bus and doing it that way was I was sitting and uh, with a friend and I remember being like how am I gonna play music and do this as a single mom and um show my kids you know that you, you do have to follow your dreams and you have to do the thing that makes you happy you know like mm. and I didn't want to be a hypocrite in that like you can't say to your children hey, go follow your dreams and, and find that thing and, and follow it with all your heart if you're not actually living that. I felt like I had to show them that too. And um, and so buying the bus was like, well, how am I going to tour um, with three children um, and and do this? And, and knowing that I had to keep them safe and, and, and have them with me, um, a bus just to me seemed like um, the way to do it and so um, the bus has been sort of this like you know mothership of freedom really because <laughs> we're not we're <laughs> not we've all piled into and just um, taken off around the country because we're not talking about a little bus either I mean can you give no. listeners a bit of a description about the sort of bus we're talking about yeah I mean it's a nine ton um, 1966 Bedford bus it was a school bus um, in Hobart until 98 I believe and um, yeah it's a big old bus with a dirty old V8 engine in it <laughs> do you do you know how to repair it if you're if you're out on these these dusty roads of Australia and uh... yeah I've learned an awful lot about mechanics along the way and I also have a lot of great friends everywhere that we go that sort of um, fix it's up here and there and we keep going but yeah I've, I've had to I, from someone who knew nothing about 
engines or cars you sort of have to very quickly figure out how to do things yeah but it all becomes part of the journey as well you know well it's a it's a journey and it's an adventure I mean I I do um congratulate you in a in a way because it's a courageous sort of story that you tell it's not often that musicians are um willing or should I say able to share um so much because you are so susceptible you know Mm. you're right out there on the public stage and uh, I can't imagine myself sharing those things publicly um easily you know I think it'd be it'd be challenging um but there must be a great sense of freedom too that now comes because there's nothing oh, you know yeah. you're not hiding anything anymore or yeah. or being small or, or that word that uh, that you mentioned diminished you know mm. you're, you're out there let's let's uh turn a little bit to the music um Queen yeah. of Swords it was your debut album you said you waited a long time before you got it out are, are you proud of it because it's uh, yeah. it's a it's a beautiful album yeah no very proud of it and and um you know very proud to get to the other side of it not only having released it being proud of the songs but then you know a year later still being able to talk to people and 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 they're still you know they're connecting with songs on it or they're they're um you know it's still something that people are putting into their cd players which (laughs) you know i i'm really proud of and and um you know playing um all the we just did an amazing run of festivals um Mullum music festival and then woodford and then signet and we had shows in most cities along the way and and to be invited to go and do those things and is is really you know surpassing any dreams i had in bringing out the album and to be doing this full time now and it's actually working, mm. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's not like it's not easy as a musician. There's so much amazing music out there and there's um, so many, um, just so many people uh, wanting to play and, and that's beautiful. And so I feel very lucky that I get to do what I get to do, you know. You're on a tour at the moment. It's called Dream, A New Dream Tour, and you have got some dates uh we are playing tomorrow night, that's Thursday, January 19th at uh, Port Ferry. Yeah. And uh, you're also playing uh, back in Melbourne, I think, uh, on Friday, yeah. January the 20th at Spotted Mallard um, with special guest Sarah Carroll. Um, is that ukulele, Sarah Carroll? That is, oh, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, one of her oh, ukulele songs I've, I've played, I think it's a ukulele bitch fight. Have oh, you? that's a great song. <laughs> yeah, you know what, she, she is the friend that I was sitting with when I said I need to buy a bus, oh. she was like, "I have a friend with a bus." So oh wow! The one that connected me to the bus. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, in yeah. another strange sort of connection, uh, I was just talking to uh, my my fellow three um, MDR presenter last night, Graham Beale, and uh, Billy's off to see Chris Wilson on Sunday, and I oh, believe that, that they're partners, aren't they, Sarah yes, and Chris? They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a small, very small world. Yeah, and then you're is. you're also playing that um, you're doing a lot of travel because then on uh, Saturday you're playing at uh, Swan Bay Road in Swan Bay. How how far is that from Melbourne? Do you know? Um, that is oh less than an hour anyway. Oh, it's not too, it's too bad. Yeah, it's too long. It's sort of oh, okay. it. yeah, I, I, that way and. Um, yeah, that one's beautiful because I've had so many people want sort of a kid-friendly, all-ages show and we finally got an opportunity to take over a winery for the day and, and do that. So 
Yeah, that'll be fun. Great. We are talking with Anya Tyrrell, and uh, if you wanted to check out the website, you could go to anyatyrrell.com. Uh, it's got all the information there um, about uh, about Anya. I, I did wonder, the traditional sort of Irish music, you, you sort of yeah. straddle a little bit of the traditional but also a very contemporary sort of modern sound. Um, for the next album, you know, what are your thoughts? Where are you going? Um, well, actually, I spent the last, two days up your way doing some recording um, with Mark Stanley who produced that um, first album and um, yeah we're definitely um, going extending what we did on Queen of Swords and and there's still is um, you know I'm I come from the Irish music tradition so it's always there but I suppose we're willing to take more risks this time and some of the um, yeah, some of the things we put down, we're, we're trying to get an EP out in the next um, few months and then um, we're actually headed over to Ireland to record the next album, but we're doing it the same way we did the Desert album, but just in Ireland. Yeah. So that's going to be really interesting because we're taking some Australian um, musicians and uh, producer to Ireland and then using some um, Irish um, musicians as well. So That'll be really interesting, I think, because it'll be kind of the reverse of what we did over here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely um, wh- where I come from is at the root of what I do, and it'll always um, be part of uh, how I hear melody and how I phrase things. But, yeah, um, I suppose we're willing to take more risks, which is great because you, like, you know, every time um, you get a new album from an artist or something you want to hear the growth and you want to see the experience that they've had and um i'm definitely more confident in my um songwriting and playing and singing because i'm doing it every day now so there's you know a lot more growth i suppose yeah well it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh thanks for for sharing a lot of that journey um with us this morning thanks um, i'm looking at the um uh the, this uh, Queen of uh, Swords track list and I'm just wondering uh, earlier this morning I played Where Were You Yeah. what do you reckon is a good song to go out with now? Um, well I suppose the Dream A New Dream Tour we've taken that um, title from Blank White Sheet which was um, a bit of advice from my nana which is what's for you won't pass you by and I love that little phrase that she gave me and and I suppose it's one I, I held on to in dark times and it's one I also hang on to in the happy times too because, you know, it's a, a little bit of nugget of wisdom and, and sort of dreaming a new dream is, is sort of part of that when you're in that place where you don't know what's going to happen and, you know, what you thought was happening all of a sudden is taken away and you've got to start um, start looking at that fresh new thing and just trust that the universe is going to bring you there. <laughs> well, a bit of hard work doesn't help too, and you're certainly, um, you know, very evident of that um, with all the touring that you do and uh, the beautiful music that you play. Oh, we do hope that you can get to the Dandenong Ranges to play some gigs yes. um, sometime soon. But um, you know, at the moment, what we'll do is we'll we'll play this blank white sheet track. Um, it's from um, Anya Tyrrell, and it's uh, from the debut album of 2016, Queen of Swords. Thanks again, Anya. Thanks so much.
trampling your dreams away. But from one drop of seedling, it can grow. One begets another till you fill a meadow. What is for you won't pass you by. What is for you won't pass you by. It's a blank white sheet. It's a space in between where you haven't dreamed your new dream. Your tallest flower may fall through on a day. You need to rise your own savior. What is for you won't pass you by. What is for you won't pass you by. It's a blank white sheet. It's a space in between where you haven't dreamed your new dream. Why? 